Now, I'm really excited about this because um, I actually watched a very inspiring um, Avengers movie. <laughs> mm, it's been a while, but um, needless to say, um, I'm nearing the end of my first book. And I'm savoring each and every one of these moments because I get the opportunity to um, delve into the second book. And um, in this point in time, I now wrote this, um, like I say, so long ago. This is like 2014, uh, 2015. And um, it basically talks about the Manfroid or this battle between men and women, um, alluding to it, um, as I call the Manfroid and Femula. And um, the way that I wove this story was very dope. And um, I don't know, know what I do know, um, how I crafted it as the one part of the story and these characters by the name of Crow. And um, she's kind of like uh, your Xena warrior princess. And she basically goes and has awoken in this world of forgotten memories and has a band of the crow. And, and I got this story from a long time ago um, from this anime that I was watching at the time. And not everything is based off of cartoons, but um, I find that most of my characters or this feeling comes from stories that I've seen or books that I've read and not so many instances am I too much inspired by these stories crafted by um, books and things like this but it's a, an interesting notion to have this woman uh, to wake up in this world that I crafted in my imagination and and pick up a sword pick up a gun <laughs> or pick up any weapon and defend what it is that she stands for and um, I wove this part of the story in with another part, which was uh, the guardian and the young one. And so as you um, could very well read, uh, if you were listening in the earlier part of the series, um, both of them, the guardian and the young one, um, they find each other and stick with these refugees. And uh, the refugees are these uh, bands that basically um, the culmination have come to this point of just banding together throughout all the raping, pillaging, and all of these horrible things that have gone on. Now, the Band of the Crow, however, um, juxtaposed into this story, and they, they run together in the beginning um, because they do the complete opposite. Uh, they see all these horrible things going on, and the first thing they do is defense, um, and they defend those that could not defend themselves. But um, to the notion of a woman leading this whole entire campaign of over, uh, I don't even know how many, over 100, not 100,000, but I want to say a good 20,000 men. And uh, they're all spread out throughout the world of Celestial. And uh, in the most part, uh, those who follow her um, are very, very strong and war-torn and, and proven and very smart and intellectual very leaderly, um, not very leaderly, but look like leaders themselves, but there's something in this woman that they revere, and it's not just her uh, prowess, and it's not just the way that she commands herself, it's almost as if they know something, um, and that's why uh, they just follow and understand that it's an umbrella, and it's a movement that she moves with. 
it's not for sort of for personal gain. And it's an interesting way to even uh, describe the character this way. Um, if there's a world of forgotten memories and all these things happen, there are no paradigms, there is no uh, system, there's no currency or whatever you want to call it, um, then what would you live for? And instinctively, these people not only feel this need to uh, band together with this woman but it's almost a bloodlust and a sense of accomplishment not to conquer but to just um, be and and not have a sense of uh, not to say that they don't have purpose or an end goal but at the end of the day um, when they light their fires or they're in their camps it's it's a sense of uh, staving off this sense of uh, madness um, that has gripped their land and this is one of the first times I'm describing her, um, the crow, um, because at the beginning of the story, um, it kind of ties in where the guardian and this young woman, um, they meet up with all the other refugees, and it kind of comes into this um, head where they see each other, and this guy comes up, and he's like, well, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm thankful that you all came up. Um, everybody forgot their memories, and I know the reason why. It was because of man. <laughs> and he goes on to this existential uh, conversation with himself and describing and telling um, these people that um, all of these things were the culmination of the creator and of this, this, that, and the third, and it was a man. And that was kind of the damning um, statement because the crow and, and her band with his ideals or other ideals um, and namelessly that woman is negated from the whole entire conversation in general and so that's where it ensues and then um, in all great aspects somebody kills the guy who states this egregious statement um, that God was a man and so then it kind of just goes into a head and everybody starts uh, a chaotic fight and things like this so Yep, that's the short version (laughs) of this story that I wrote, and I know you will enjoy it. Um, I appreciate um, the listeners for listening, and uh, I I am very, very excited to present the next part of this story, and I get to start the fourth book that I have, so this is my first audiobook, and and it's almost done, like, it's literally a few more so much the sacred man Freud versus the sacred formula attitudes drew into violent perspectives the blatant murder of a martyr froze everyone in a matter of seconds what they stood for was a lost memory or rather the thought of superior objectives the differences of the sexes, the notion of forgotten memories, ever biped, being unanimously agreed that it, con- it to continue to live in understanding of the unknown was a need. What greed, silly thoughts to some, but the mnemonic possession that she, the crow, brought to the masses was that the god of creation was most certainly made in her image. Manfred had no place to say, for he was birthed from her, on the day of creation. 
thousands stood before her notion countless insurrections. They would hear her nothing other than that. Foolish to utter, a Manfred could craft such a world. Probably why Celestial was in such a morbid situation to begin with. The lost memories of every citizen. Ansem stood on the opposite side of the scale. Anger swelled from his temples. Not only was their leader, Hugh, manhandled to death for that which they, his followers, believed as candor. This was a call to arms to fight for what they believed in, damn the weak if they could not handle more trauma. To him, this was a holy testament for Manfred's true reign in existence. Ansem knew from his wild imagination that one would oppose him. He had no idea that it would come from a strong Fimula who looked war-torn. She piqued his interest as the young Fimula who could see the future spying them all, now nearing a distance. A chasm grew. She witnessed the birth of something grand yet so senseless, a misunderstanding that would surmise generations in a never-ending loop. A warrior's dance is something she grasped better than any of them, a delicate balance of Fimula and Manfred. The young one felt so helpless, for she and she alone that day held all the answers. Questions no one asked.